Chapter Twenty of Dorothy Dale at Glenwood School. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Dorothy Dale at Glenwood School by Margaret Penrose. Chapter Twenty Suspicions. What did she say? eagerly asked a knot of girls as Viola Green made her appearance the morning after her interview with the head of Glenwood School. Huh! sniffed Viola. What could she say? Did she send for Dorothy? went on the curious ones. I have just seen her step out of the office this minute, and she couldn't see me. Her eyes wouldn't let her. Then she didn't deny it, spoke Amy Brooke. I could scarcely make myself believe that of her. "'Ask her about it, then,' suggested Viola, to whom the term brazen would seem at that moment to be most applicable. "'Oh, excuse me,' returned Amy. "'I would never wound where I can avoid it. The most polite way always turns out the most satisfactory.' "'And do you suppose she is going to leave school?' asked Nita Brandt timidly, as if afraid of her own voice in the matter. "'She told me so last night,' said Viola meekly. "'I don't blame her.' no said a girl with deep blue eyes and a baby chin i do not see how any girl could stand such cuts and dorothy seems such a sweet girl better go and hug her now sneered viola i fancy you will find her rolled up in bed with that red nose dying for air it is the strangest thing demurred amy not at all insisted viola all sweet girls have two sides to their characters but i'm sick of the whole thing let's drop it and take up dorothy again eagerly asked nita oh just as you like about that if you want to associate with girls who ride in police wagons well i do want to declared nita suddenly and i don't believe one word against dorothy dale it must be some mistake i will ask her about it myself if you wish to spare her you will do nothing of the kind said viola I tell you it is absolutely true that she has just this minute admitted it to mrs pangborn don't you think if it were a mistake i would have to correct it when the whole thing has now been thoroughly investigated it was plain that many of the girls were apt to take nita's view they had given the thing a chance to develop and they were satisfied now that a mistake had been made somewhere of course the clever turns made by viola kept the ball rolling there's the bell announced amy reluctantly leaving the discussion unfinished this was the signal for laying aside all topics other than those relative to the curriculum of glenwood and as the girls filed into the chapel for prayers more than one miss dorothy her first morning to absent herself from the exercise miss higley was in charge mrs pangborn also being out of her accustomed place directly after the short devotions there was whispering "'Young ladies,' called the teacher in a voice unusually severe, "'you must attend strictly to your work. "'There has been enough lax discipline in Glenwood recently. "'I will have no more of it.' "'Huh!' sniffed Viola aside. "'Since when did she buy the school?' "'Miss Higley's eyes were fastened upon her, "'but Viola's recent experiences "'had the effect of making her reckless. "'She felt quite immune to punishment now. "'Attend to your work, Miss Green,' called Miss Higley. "'Attend to your own,' answered Viola under her breath, but the teacher saw what she had spoken, and knew that the remark was not a polite one. "'What did you say?' asked the teacher. "'Nothing,' retorted Viola, 
still using a rude tone. You certainly answered me, and I insist upon knowing what you said. Viola was silent now, but her eyes spoke volumes. Will you please repeat that remark, insisted Miss Higley. No, said Viola sharply. I will not. Miss Higley's ruddy face flashed a deep red. To have a pupil openly defy a teacher is beyond the forgiveness of many women less aggressive than Miss Higley. You had better leave the room, she said. Take your books with you. I won't require them, snapped Viola, intending to give out the impression that she would leave school if she were to be treated in that manner by Miss Higley. Get at your work, young ladies, finished the teacher, fastening her eyes on her own books, and thus avoiding anything further with Viola. To reach her room, Viola was obliged to pass Dorothy's. Just as she came up to number 19, Dorothy opened the door. Her eyes were red from weeping, and she looked very unhappy indeed. "'Oh, do come in, Viola,' she said, surprised to see the girl before her. "'I was going to you directly after class. I did not know you were out.' "'I cannot come now,' answered Viola. "'I must go to my room.' "'Is there anything the matter?' inquired Dorothy kindly. "'Yes,' replied Viola, using her regular tactics, that of forcing Dorothy to make her own conclusions. "'Is your mother worse? I—' "'Oh, my head aches so. You must excuse me, Dorothy.' And at this Viola burst into tears, another ruse that always worked well with the sympathetic Dorothy. The fact was, Dorothy had spent a very miserable hour that morning after her talk with the President, and she had finally decided to put the whole thing to Viola, to ask her for a straightforward explanation, and to oblige her to give it. But now Viola was in trouble. Dorothy had no idea that the trouble was a matter of temper, and of course her mother must be worse, thought Dorothy. How glad she was, after all, that she did make the sacrifice. It was much easier for her to stand it than to crush Viola with any more grief. Crush her, indeed. It takes more than the mere words of a just schoolteacher and more than the pale face of a persecuted girl to crush such a character as that which Viola Green was lately cultivating. And as Viola turned into her room, she determined never to apologise to Miss Higley. She would leave Glenwood first. Meanwhile, what different sentiments were struggling in Dorothy's heart? She had bathed her face and would go to the classroom. She might be in time for some work, and now there was no use in wasting time over the trouble. She would never mention it to Viola. That poor girl had enough to worry her. Neither would she try to write it in any way. After all, Mrs. Pangborn believed in her. So did Edna and Molly, and a letter from home that morning told of the recovery of Tavia's mother. Perhaps Tavia will be back to school soon. It might be hard to meet the scornful looks of the other girls, but it could not possibly be as hard as what Viola had to bear. So thought our dear little captain, she who was ever ready to take upon her young and frail shoulders the burdens of others. But such virtue plainly has its own reward. Dorothy Dale entered the classroom at eleven o'clock that morning with peace in her heart. Viola Green was out of the schoolroom, and was fighting the greatest enemies of her life. Pride mingled with jealousy. It had been that from the first, from the very first moment she had set her eyes on Dorothy Dale, whose beautiful face was then framed in the ominous black lining of the police patrol. It had been jealousy ever since. Dorothy had made friends with the best girls in Glenwood. She had been taken up by the teachers. She had been given the best part in the play— but Viola could not stand that. 
and now that the play had been abandoned on account of the death of mrs pangborn's father and that dorothy had been disgraced what more did viola crave was not her vengeance complete but the girls were beginning to doubt the story and those who did not actually disbelieve it were tiring of its phases the promised excitement did not develop all the plans of the rebs were dead and to be a member of that party did not mean happiness it meant actual danger of discipline viola was too shrewd not to notice all this and to realize that her clientele was falling off alarmingly would she really leave glenwood the wrong done dorothy seemed to be writing itself in spite of all her devices and that girl disgraced though she stood in the eyes of many seemed happier at the moment than viola herself i wish i had gone home and i had father's last letter reflected the girl looking in her mirror at the traces of grief that insisted on setting their stamp upon her olive face but now of course that old cat higley will make a fuss oh i wish i had never seen these cracked walls i wish i had gone to a fashionable school she stopped suddenly why not get away now to that swell school near boston she could surely set aside her mother's foolish sentiment about glenwood just because she had met mrs pangborn abroad and had become interested in this particular school for girls viola had enough of it she would leave go home and then perhaps she might get to the beaumont academy End of chapter twenty